Good morning, Lydia House. Welcome, everyone. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, this morning, I'd like to read out of Ephesians, and I'm sure all of us have had this happen. You know, God takes us on an adventure in the Word, and, and certain parts of the Word start standing out for various reasons. And God has been showing me prayer in the Bible where people are praying specifically for other people. And uh, it, it was Daniel, and then it was Solomon, and now here we are in Ephesians, and this is Paul. And Paul is praying, not just for Ephesians, but for anyone who would be passing this letter around amongst the community. And he says in the first chapter, in the 17th verse, For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, the set-apart ones. Lord, you included this prayer in the canon so that we would know how to pray for other Christians. Lord, we thank you that you are filling us with light, with knowledge, with wisdom, with revelation. We thank you that you are filling us, and we thank you, Lord, that you are filling the church with you with the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. We bless you, Lord, and we give you glory and honor this morning. We thank you for your mercies and your greatness. Lord, you are our God, and we worship and lift you high this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And welcome, everybody who's here. Welcome, everybody who's joining us from home which is a larger crowd than usual. We got texts from like six different families saying they were going to be joining us from home this week. So welcome. Yeah. And the great thing about joining from home is that when one of the little ones acts up, you can pause it. And then <laughs> it, it can be helpful. Uh, so welcome, everybody joining us from home, joining us from later on, joining us from another place and time. Mm -hmm. We're glad you're here, and for when you're at home, it can be a challenge to engage fully. Because sometimes <laughs> you, your brain says, I'm just watching TV. So I encourage you to press through that. Don't watch TV. Engage with the Holy Spirit this mm -hmm. morning or afternoon mm -hmm. or whenever you're That's watching this. Um, it, it's, it's a little bit more of a challenge, I think, when you're at home. At least mm -hmm. it is for me. But you can do it. Yes. You can do it. And so welcome. And... Um, just a couple announcements. Offering box back there, as usual. You can also give online. Uh, if we need your email, there's a sign-up back there. Tech team is going to be having a meeting sometime soon. So if anybody's interested in joining the tech team, helping out maybe once in a while or something like that, please let CJ or Tim know, or Isaiah, or me, or anyone else <laughs> who's here. Uh, and next week, we're going to have lunch. So think about bringing something to share with your fellow man. And either way, please join us. And lunches, uh, uh, I occasionally do statistical analysis for fun, because I'm a nerd. And 
More people come when we have lunch than when we don't, categorically. And so some people, I think, are inviting folks even to come to lunch. It's yes. a great way to invite folks. Jesus almost always invited people instead of told people what to do, right? He said, you can follow me. It's an invitation. And he almost always had food. <laughs> almost always had food. Jesus was a genius. So invite some friends, invite some enemies, invite some family, invite the guy who's across the pump from you getting gas on your way to church in the morning and say, hey, you want to come to church? It's at a barn. Check it out. <laughs> and they'll say, huh? And you'll say, come and see. And it'll be cool. So do that. Everybody likes to be invited places, right? Who doesn't like to be invited somewhere? Even if, even if they have to say no because they don't want to or because they hate you or because whatever reason, right? People still like to be invited. So invite folks. It's the least we can do. And that's all the announcements I have, Paul. If you want to lead us into prayer, prepare our hearts for worship. You do a good job with announcement. Doesn't he do a good job with announcement? Shall we applaud him? So how do we prepare? Well, I'll tell you how I used to prepare. I would come in from working outside. I would work in the yard as a boy. I would come in because I heard it was dinner time, and I'd go down, and my mom would stop me because what I need to do. Yes. She never said, go take a shower. She said, wash your hands. And so that's what I do. It didn't take long. So that's what we do now. We're not taking a shower. We're clean. You have been made clean, Jesus said, by the word I have spoken to you. But we can get dirty out there or inside. And so we acknowledge that. And sometimes it's just a quiet, simple word. Father, forgive me for speaking too quickly to my spouse. Or we didn't. We had a good morning, so I'm not. Uh, I'm not exposing anything. But uh, we uh, we can we can do something that kind of sets us off center. So that's what we'll do now. We'll just pray, and I, we'll pray silently, and then we'll pray out loud. I'll pray out loud on behalf of you and then we'll speak forgiveness, then we'll uh, go from there. So take a moment of silence. Father, we acknowledge that it's easy for us to have a quick thought that isn't right on target or have an idea that's not, not with you or we get annoyed at something. It's easy for that to happen. So we're clearing the deck now. We're saying, please forgive us for, for uh, anything we have thought, said, or done that is not pleasing to you because we want to come in with clean hands into your presence and worship you. We thank you. We've got a worship team here. We're going to worship together. What a wonderful thing to do. And so uh, we accept your forgiveness for those thoughts, those words, those actions that were not pleasing to you. And thank you that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we also thank you, God, that you're a healing God, that you love to heal. 
So we pray on behalf of those who are here, those who aren't here. We think of Janice, who's been away from us, and thank you that she's getting better. We bless her today with strength and healing in her throat, in her, in her chest. We pray for healing for Janice. We pray for anyone else. If anyone know any, just uh, shout out the name if uh, there's anyone else that we need to be praying for in our community for healing. We believe in healing. You are a healing God, and we thank you that you love to heal. Kaylee th- hurt her wrist a couple of days ago. I don't know if it's a proper sprain or just owie, but or improper sprain. So yeah. be healed in Jesus' name. Yes, yes. Yes, indeed. And we pray for Naomi. For uh, we say no more seizures, no more seizures in Jesus' name. No more uh, cramps, muscle cramps in Jesus' name. Okay, you threw it to me, I'm throwing it back at you. All right, thank you. Well, let's worship the Lord this morning. Stand, move around, dance, whatever you feel led to do. There's plenty of room. We thank you, Father, for the freedom to worship you this morning. We think of our brothers and sisters throughout the world who don't have the freedom to do that. They have to do it in secret or in fear. And we pray that you would bless them, encourage them, And help us to always have gratitude, Lord, for what you've given us. I pray that instead of complaining, that we would be thankful for what it is that you've done. Be thankful for what it is that you're doing. Yeah, just sing out. can sing out in a tongue, sing out in English, just make a noise. The Bible says make a joyful noise. shadows deepen we do do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through we do and do you wish that you could see it all made new we do is all creation groaning it is. is a new creation coming it is. and it's the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst 
Is it good that we remind ourselves of this? It is. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, who conquered the grave. He is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy of this? Yes. Does the Father truly love us? Does the Father truly love us? He does. Does the Spirit move among us? He does. And does Jesus, our Messiah, hold forever those he loves? He does. And does our God intend to dwell again with us? He does. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, who conquered the grave. He is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave for every people, for every people and tribe. Every nation and tongue, he has made us a kingdom of priests to God to reign with the Son. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Is he worthy? of this he is he is is he worthy is he worthy he is he is is he worthy is he worthy he worthy he is worthy he is amen give a shout if he's worthy this morning we thank you Jesus we know that in and of ourselves we are not worthy but we thank you that through what your son Jesus did we are now worthy because of him. And thank you for singing that. That's a great you like that one, don't you? I know, I love it. <laughs> well, it's scripture. It's right out of Revelation. I think singing scripture is powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Let's all close our eyes for a moment. I want you to think 
about the situations in your life, the circumstances in your life that are tempting you to stress, worry, fear right now? Just think about those. We're going to practice what we learned last week. It says in 1 Peter to cast all our anxiety on him, that's Jesus, because he cares for us. So I want you to hold in your mind or your heart those things which are challenging your peace this morning. And I want you to hand them over to Jesus. Cast them at the foot of the cross. The word cast there, it actually means to hurl, like to throw. Throw it far from yourself at the cross. I want you to take a moment just to do that. Cast all your anxieties on him. Thank you, Jesus, that no matter what we might see with our eyes in our circumstances, that we can trust you. And if you don't move the mountains that we need you to move, and if you don't part the waters that we'd like you to part, if you don't give us the answers when we cry out and we just hear silence, we want to trust you anyway. No matter the circumstance, no matter what we're walking through, Help us learn to stay in peace and to trust you with everything that we have. single dream I lay each one down at your feet every moment of my wandering never changes what you see I've tried to win this war I confess my hands are weary I need your rest Mighty warrior, king of the fight No matter what I face, you're by my side When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through When you don't give the answers, as I cry out to you I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. Truth is you know what tomorrow brings. There's not a day ahead you have not seen. So in all things be my life and breath. I want what you want, Lord, and nothing less. When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you.
You are my strength and comfort. You are my steady hand. You are my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. Your ways are always higher. Your plans are always good. There's not a place where I'll go. You've not already stood. When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give me answers as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust, I will trust. When you don't move, when you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. One more time, I will trust. I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. Amen. Lord, help us to do that. That's when it's hardest. <laughs> it's hardest to trust when we don't see and don't hear you. So help us to be able to give up those worries and fears in our life. Focus on your face. Focus on who you are. We ask that you would give us revelation. As Luann prayed this morning out of scripture, that Paul was always praying for the churches for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And we pray that for this church. We pray for a spirit of greater revelation in who you are. Greater revelation in the way we are already seated with you in heaven. Greater revelation of your glory. Here as we wait seek your face come and make your throne upon our praise here in this place have your way the moment that we see you we are changed show us your glory show us your glory in wonder and surrender we fall down show us your glory show us your glory let every burning heart be holy ground cross we come alive in jesus here we're undone overcome by heaven's love revealed before our eyes 
show us your glory, show us your glory, in wonder and surrender we fall down, show us your glory, show us your glory, let every burning heart be holy ground, show us your glory, Show us your glory, in wonder and surrender we fall down. Show us your glory, show us your glory, let every burning heart be holy ground. change everything lives healed hope found here now jesus you change everything chains fall fear bow here now jesus you change everything lives healed Hope found here now. Jesus, you change everything. Chains fall, fear bow here now. Jesus, you change everything. Lives healed. Hope found here. Now, Jesus, you change everything. Chains fall, fear bow here. Now, Jesus, you change everything. Lives healed, hope found here. Now, Jesus, you change everything.
Feel is from the Lord for the group. speaking just to me but I think in this life we all do need that endurance but thank you Lord that it is you we can depend on as we were, we've been singing all these words have been so encouraging to me I was I just brought tears to my eyes and I was able to give things that were on my mind that I I didn't realize I was holding on to so thank you Lord for your tears that you give us and the encouragement that you give us with saying you need endurance but not without you Lord it's with you Your name 
is alive, forever lifted high. Your name cannot be overcome. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. Your name is a light. Your name is a light that the shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome. Your name is alive, forever lifted high. Your name cannot be overcome your name is a light your name is a light that the shadows can't deny your name cannot be overcome your name is life forever lifted high your name cannot be overcome Jesus Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, 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 Jesus. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. You silence fear, oh Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. Just keep repeating the name Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. The word of Jesus, the veil was torn in two from top to bottom. It was finished and the mountains shook. It was finished and the graves opened. But they didn't come out until Jesus was resurrected. He's saying to you, he's broken the graves. He's broken the graves. It's broken. Sin is broken in your life. It's been done. 
It's been done by his word at the cross, but he's arisen. So don't stay in the grave. Don't stay where you are. Rise up anew in him. Rise up in all that he has done for you and move forth out of the grave in the mighty name of Jesus. Spirit in Hebrew is the same as the word breath. It's why God breathed on Adam and he came alive. So I want you to just breathe in the Holy Spirit right now. As we're in his presence, I want you to just breathe him in. He lives within you. I always picture him right inside my chest, right in where I take my breath and fill my lungs with him, with the Ruach, the spirit of the living God. Take a second just in silence. God says in his word, be still and know. 
that I am God. And I confess that as a doer and a thinker, it is challenging for me to still myself, still my body, still my mind. But it's a good thing to do sometimes, a good thing, good habit to form. It's learning just to sit in his presence, ears open, like Martha did in Luke 11, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Or Mary, rather. Good job, Kaylee. No, Dad, that was Mary. Martha was making a sandwich. You're right. not going to say amen because that implies we're closing the prayer and I'd like to keep the phone going, keep the call going as we proceed through our service. You can open up or turn on a Bible. how to live in peace and how to say no to all the stress and worry and fear and anxiety. Bella, could you help me? Could you help me and pass these out? Make sure everybody gets one, including people at cameras and people in sound booths. So I made a little cheat sheet this weekend, sort of a summary of this series on living above stress. And I find things like this super useful personally, and so I thought I'd make one for you. I encourage you to hang on to this thing that I spent my precious time and money on. It's not a guilt trip, well, a tiny bit. Um, Hang on to this. Put it in your Bible. Put it on your fridge. Put it on your mirror in your bathroom. Wherever it is, you think you might need to be reminded how to say no to all the stress and anxiety and how to say yes to the peace of Christ. Wherever that is. Uh, I would say put it in your car, but you shouldn't read while you drive. Um, put this somewhere. Feel free to make a copy of it. I didn't have room to put by Nate Johnstone. I usually put my name on the handouts. Also, I thought it was weird to put my name on this one. God's Strategy by Nate Johnstone. That didn't, didn't, seem, didn't seem good. So we are going to just quickly recap what we've talked about. So does everybody have one of these? Great. So number one, humble yourself before God. We talked about this. And I'm going to just read the verse down there in, in 1 Peter under number 3. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 8 says, Humble yourself yourselves, plural, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Be self-controlled. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. 
So this is the first verse that I'd love you to memorize, put in your heart, get to know this thing. Ask the Spirit of God for greater revelation regarding his word here. And the step one, if you've ever heard me preach, you know that usually step one is humble yourself, no matter what it is we're talking about. Right? Step one is always humble yourself. And the better you get at that, the, I dare say the better your life will go. Is that fair? Is that stretching it? No. Not stretching it? Maybe not even far enough? If you don't humble yourself, well, I, I don't know. If you don't humble yourself first, it's, there are problems. So I think it is really like the most important rule. Humble yourself. God gives grace to the proud and he resists. No. <laughs> That's not it. Right? God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And I don't like to be resisted by God. I've been there before. It's super annoying. He's way stronger than me. Okay? He's stronger than you too. Humble yourself, step one. Step two, cast your anxiety on Jesus. And we talked about that last time. Remember the bucket that I put all my junk in. We all have the junk that we let in our hearts, right? Whatever that is. Some of us have a real problem not worrying about money. Some of us has, have a real problem with a messy house. Some of us have a real problem with the future and what's going to happen there, and I don't know, and we get worried. Whatever the situation is, we need to get used to the habit of casting that out on Jesus. Why not make it a daily habit, right? Why not? We don't want that junk in our heart because it takes up the space. God is infinite, and so the space in here for the Holy Spirit is theoretically infinite, but it's not currently infinite. It's finite because we're still growing in the Lord, right? I think throughout eternity in heaven, we're going to keep growing because the infinite is big, as it turns out. And so right now, though, we're finite. There's only so much room in here. And so if we fill it up with all the junk that's going on in the world, saying yes to all the worries and all the anxiety, then there's less room for the Spirit of God. There's less room for peace, right? And so we need to dump that out. Daily is a great, is a great way to do it. Cast your anxiety on Jesus because he cares. He wants you to. He cares about you. This is not judgment, right? If we, if we come from a tradition or a long experience where just about everything about Christianity is judgment, and God is an angry guy with a stick, whose typical expression is to scowl, we're going to have problems with everything, including this. That's not the picture of God. That's not who he is. Jesus is someone who cares for you. He's not, oh, you filled your heart with that stuff again? Man, when are you going to get it together? What is your deal? No. He's like, okay, yep, it, ha it happened again. Come on, let's dump that out. He's a loving parent. He's always portraying himself like that in Scripture, right? Not as the mean old man. So cast your anxieties on Jesus because he cares for you. He honestly does. This is a great, great, great exchange. Three, exercise self-control. Okay, that was, remember the, the empty bottle and, and the full bottle of water? Uh, someone well-meaning uh, cleaned up my empty bottle, so I lost that prop. But uh, pretend there's an empty bottle that's all crushed. And then here's the full one. Uh, somebody just, you know, picked up garbage and accidentally picked that up. I should have written prop. <laughs> don't, don't touch. So the bottle is our heart. The water is peace, the Holy Spirit. Peace. He is peace. And then the cap, do you remember what the cap was? Self-control. 
So self-control is how we keep ourselves full. It's the two fruits of the Spirit working together. And obviously, it's many fruits of the Spirit working together because it's the same Spirit, right? And so self-control is the piece that helps us keep that peace in, the peace that helps us keep the peace. Chahominim. Um, so exercise self-control by saying no when the new stuff comes. We get ourselves nice and filled up. We dump out the bad stuff, get ourselves filled up with peace. And then comes the harder work, in a way, of continually saying no. And it's a habit. We've come, we've, most of us are in the habit of saying yes to all the bad stuff that comes, because that's just how we live. That's how we grew up. But we can change that habit and replace it with exercises in peace instead of exercises in stress and worry and fear and all that stuff. It only takes about a month to switch it, for real. This is super doable. Let's move on to number four. Be filled with the peace of Christ. So we dump everything out, and then we get filled up with the peace of Christ. And we don't allow our heart to be troubled again. Right? I'll talk a little bit more about how to do that in a minute. Um, the verse here is John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, or don't allow your hearts to be troubled, neither allow them to become afraid. So that's the self-control piece, the say no piece, right? We fill ourselves up with the peace of Christ. He's already in you. You don't have to beg God to come, right? We know that. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that because sometimes, once in a while, even the songs we sing can almost be misleading when we're asking God to like come into our situation. He's already there, always. You actually can't get away from him, as it turns out. People have tried. It never works. You might get swallowed by a giant fish if you try hard enough. Absolutely. So God is always here. We don't have to beg him to come. We don't have to find him. We don't have to figure out where he is. The spirit of peace is always right here. He's ready to go. You don't have to beg. The gift is already yours. Right? Jesus has given you the gift. You have it. But it is your responsibility to exercise it. That's part of the self-control. We exercise the peace, we say no to the stress. We exercise the peace, we say no to the stress. Um, let's keep going. Number six, we're going to look now at Philippians chapter four. So open your Bibles, turn on your Bibles. Philippians four. This is an awesome Bible passage. There are a few awesome Bible passages, I will admit. Pretty much all. <laughs> There's not too many, I would say, are not good. Um, but this one is particularly good, not in small part because uh, Margaret and Phil memorized this, I believe, on their honeymoon, or, or at least a very, very long time ago. And they used to always recite it for me. And so I love hearing it. But this is a, a really, really important verse for us to understand in regards to this. Uh, Philippians chapter 4. 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. Okay, so we referenced that verse a couple weeks ago. Don't be anxious about everything. About anything. How are we supposed to do that? Well, I'll tell you. Just keep listening. Oh, okay, God. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So how do we get that peace of God? We don't be anxious about anything. You want the peace of God? You want more of it in your life? How do we do it? 
don't be anxious. How do we do the don't be anxious thing? It tells us. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So prayer in this context is like talking to God, just your relationship with God. Supplication is asking God for stuff, right? Like we learn about in uh, Luke 11, Jesus teaches us about God the Father, and we're supposed to come to our Father as if he is a father. He is a loving Father who loves to give gifts to his children, right? And so we ask the Father things. That's what supplication is. And Paul is saying, if you want help, Maintaining your peace. If you want some tips in how to do that, here's one. What is it? Prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. So we ask God's help. It's pretty simple. Number six, ask God to help you cultivate what you need. What, did it, what is it that you need? Do you need an upgrade in trust? Do you need an upgrade in self-control or peace? Uh, those are fruits of the Spirit, so we have to cultivate them, but God can help us cultivate them. He can give us ideas. He can give us strategies. The Holy Spirit's great at reminding us of stuff. If you ask the Holy Spirit to remind you, when am I complaining? Because I don't even notice anymore. I do it so much. Okay? And I don't just mean out loud. I mean in your heart, too. <sighs> Is a noise my heart makes. Anybody else? And I don't think that counts as groanings too deep for words that the Spirit, you know, utters on our behalf, that's, that's a groaning that my heart utters because I need a little bit of a trust upgrade, apparently, because I'm starting to whine, right? <laughs> starting to complain. And so the Holy Spirit is great at reminding us when we're trying to learn this. So just ask him, hey, hey, help me, help me walk this through. Uh, number seven, thank God for his peace and for walking through the circumstance with you. Thankfulness, gratitude. This is absolutely vastly huge. As it turns out, and I, I don't know if I can prove this yet, but I can come close and I'll get there eventually. Thanksgiving, gratitude, is the remedy for complaining and whining. Thanksgiving and gratitude is the remedy for a lack of trust. If you need a trust upgrade, focus on Thanksgiving. Ask God for it, for sure, but focus on gratitude. It's really hard to complain while you're saying thank you. Ever notice that? It's also hard to whine when you have a smile on your face. I used to tell this one to the kids. Okay, ask with a smile on your face, because they couldn't hear the whiny tone of voice that drives me up the wall. They couldn't hear it themselves, right? They couldn't hear that they were whining. I'm not whining. I'm not whining. Okay. Say it with a smile. It's hard to whine with a smile on your face. It's physically difficult. You would have to like actually try hard. So I said, ask with a smile. Say it with a smile. Daddy, I hate this. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's what you would do. Um, Thanksgiving is absolutely crucial. The more we can cultivate Thanksgiving, uh, the better. Remember the Israelites in the desert, they it didn't enter the promised land. Except for two of them, Joshua and Caleb entered the promised land. That's it, right? Everybody else died in the wilderness because they were whining and complaining all the time. Why? Because they were worried. Why? Because they lacked trust, or as the, the Bible calls it when it looks back on that, unbelief. Unbelief. It's a lack of trust. They knew it, and they probably believed it, but they didn't put their belief into practice, right? They didn't act it out. They didn't trust God to do stuff. 
And so they started to worry about what was going to happen. And so they started to whine and complain, whine and complain. So whining and complaining leads to death. Everybody listening? <laughs> I'm preaching to a small crowd this morning. My kids. I'm just kidding. My kids are awesome. Uh, but this is a truism in life. Do, like, take this seriously. Whining leads to death. It might be a little death. It might be a failure in this circumstance. It might mean you don't get the rewards God intends to give you through this situation. Because God always has things he intends to give you when you're in a difficult situation. So hang on, trust him, and give thanks as much as possible instead of whining. And it can be difficult. It can be difficult to give thanks when you're in a tough situation, right? But we don't have to be afraid, no matter what it is. Psalm 23 is actually the most popular Bible passage in the world. I don't know if you knew that. Psalm 23, for a good reason. It's not only beautiful, but the message that Psalm 23 conveys is beautiful. And what's the message? It's peace. Read through it tonight. Psalm 23 is exactly about what we're talking about now. And there's a lot of bits in it I could bring up, but I want to bring up this one. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Right? You are with me. So, yes, it's okay to ask God to rescue you from your circumstance. That's not bad. But most of the time, he won't do that because that's life. But he will always walk with you through the circumstance. So even in the worst possible circumstance, the valley of the shadow of death, if anybody is familiar with the death of someone close to you, it feels overshadowing. It's a beautiful metaphor. Even then, even then, in the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be stressed out. You can mourn. Mourning is fine. That's, that's a good thing. But you don't have to be afraid because God is with you. And if we get a hold of peace and if we get a hold of thanksgiving, we'll be able to experience that in any situation, even the hard ones. And, well, let's keep going because we're going to talk more about that. So thank God for his peace and for walking you through this circumstance. And stay filled. Allow it to guard your hearts. So I'm going to read this now. Philippians 4, um, 6 through 7. We'll read it again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Your peace will guard your heart. So this is like the next level, okay? We, we're, we've learned how to be filled with peace. We've learned how to stay filled with peace, at least for a few minutes here, right here and there when we first start. Don't, don't be discouraged when you start doing this and you're terrible at it, okay? I was terrible at this, and I got really discouraged. I'm like, I did not realize how much junk I was saying yes to all day long. Oh my goodness, God, I suck, okay? And Jesus is like, yeah, I know. I adopted you anyway. Let's, let's go. Let it go. You stink, but let's keep going, and you'll be better. And I said, thanks. And um, eventually, the Holy Spirit taught me how to do this. And I'm not, my, my family's here, so I can't lie to you. I'm not perfect at this stuff. If I claimed I had this all down, my kids would be like, shall we count the ways in which you do not have this down all the way? So absolutely. But I am working on it, and I can say I have gotten a lot better over the years. 
Okay, and I have seen this happen. When you get to the point where the peace of Christ will guard your heart and your mind. So you're so filled that the peace of Christ act like shields. Anybody ever watch Star Trek or something similar? I'm going to assure you're familiar with that. So in that show, you, you had some sort of force field around the ship to protect it, right? I think of peace like that. When you're filled with the peace of Christ, it's like your shields are up. And something big can come at you, and that'll bounce off the shield. And that's not to say it won't still be difficult and you won't still have to make choices to say no and that sort of thing, but it'll be so much easier when you're already filled with peace to withstand being crushed, right? If you're not filled with peace, and here comes the big one, here comes the big crushing thing, what are you going to do? Oh, it's, it's, it's too late to pause and fill yourself with peace. It's already here. It's already crushing, right? I'm not saying you can't after the fact, dump it out to the Lord, fill up with peace and keep moving. We do that because we make mistakes. But if you're already filled up with the peace of God, it acts like shields. It guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And it's a really, it's a really incredible thing. Um, I experienced this once. I was driving home when I was uh, pastoring in Grantsburg, Wisconsin, driving home late at night. Just had a deer kind of jump in front of the car, so I was a little alert, right? And I get a phone call. And it's a terrible phone call. It's one of those phone calls you never want to hear. And it instantly offers me a giant parcel of fear. And a little tag-along parcel of anger as well. And to my amazement, it was very easy to say no to the emotional and mental stuff that came along with that. And I actually took note of how amazing it was while I was driving in the car right afterwards. I'm like, huh, I'm fine. How am I fine after hearing what I heard? And it, it was bad. It was someone, someone tried to kill themselves that I knew. And we've probably all experienced hearing that about someone we love. It's very difficult. It's scary. Uh, I was angry. There was a lot of emotions going on. But I could let that go really easily. It just kind of bounced off the shields. And I was like, wow, God, wh why is this working? So I thanked him right away for that, because it was awesome. And he's like, it's your peace. Your peace is all filled up. The peace of Christ will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And that would normally be a situation that would tempt my heart to fear, right? But it was easy to not allow my heart to become afraid because I was already filled with the peace. So the majority of that just deflected right off. It was really, really cool. And that's usually where the devil will try to hit us, either our heart or our mind, right? Because after you get bad news like that, then your mind starts racing, doesn't it? Anybody like me? When right away a train shows up at the station, all aboard, it's a negative town. Let's hop on. And you hop on, and man, you start cruising on the way to negative town. And it is not a good place to go. It is an unhelpful place to go and an unfruitful place to go. And far beyond unhelpful and unfruitful, it is toxic and evil. It's unbelief is what it is. You got to jump off that train. Jump off it. You will survive the fall. And God will pick you up and bring you back where you need to be. The metaphor is starting to fall apart, so I'm going to leave it there. But you all know what I'm talking about. 
right? But the peace of Christ will guard your heart and your mind. It'll make it easier for you to say, whoa, whoa, nope, no. I'm going to take that thought captive in obedience to Christ. 2 Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 10.5. Tattoo that on your arm also. We demolish arguments in every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You have the power to take captive every single thought in your head and force it to obey Jesus Christ. That's a pretty incredible statement, but it's really true. But it, like, like with everything, it takes practice, right? We got to practice this, practice this. Don't just let your mind run wild. And the more you're filled with peace, the easier it is to endure when, when these thoughts and these things come at you. Um, real quickly, I'm going to give you a bonus. This, this isn't on the list. This is a bonus one. Let's keep reading Philippians. Uh, so we're four, verse eight now. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, I'm going to change the wording a little bit. If something is true, if something's honorable, if something's just, if something's pure, if something's lovely, if something's commendable, if there's any kind of excellence in it, if anything is worthy of praise at all, think about that stuff. Think about that stuff instead. And what you have learned and received from me and seen in me, practice these things, and the peace of God will be with you. So here's coming full circle back to the peace of God. How do we get the peace of God? Well, this is one of the tricks, right? The peace of Christ will guard our hearts and our minds, but we're still going to have to say no. There's still going to be a bit of a battle. We've got armor on now, and that's awesome, but we still have to say no to things. And Paul says, hey, I think, I think he's saying here's a trick I've learned. I mean, he could be directly quoting the Holy Spirit, but he also could be saying, hey, this is what I figured out, guys. I figured out how to do this. How to keep your mind from going to negative town. If you just say, I'm not going to think about that, it doesn't work, right? That's not how your brain works. We've talked about this many times, family. Everybody, do not think about a pink elephant. Don't. Don't think about a pink elephant. Okay, anybody think about a pink elephant? It's really hard to not think about something. But you can think about something better instead. That pushes the thought out. It's displacement. Get out of my head, stupid thought. I'm going to get something better. As Gary Gilbertson would say, stinking thinking. Get rid of that stinking thinking. Put something better in your brain is what Paul is saying. And it doesn't have to be just prayer and scripture. Those things are great. Worship, that's, that's great. It's praying in tongues, that's great too. But he's like... Anything that's decent, anything that's true, go look at the sky. Go look at some plants. Find something worthy of praise. Watch your kids play and laugh. Something good, put that in your head. And I feel like Paul's saying literally anything good. If you can find something decent, put it in your head. If you can't, put on a song to help push that thing out of your head, whatever it is. But Paul is saying, get something better in your head, and it will be easier to maintain your peace. Because you can't just say, I'm not going to think about how terrible this is. I'm not going to think about it. I'm definitely not thinking about how we don't have enough money. I'm totally not thinking about that at all. Like, it, just practically speaking, it doesn't work. Right? We've got to think about something better. And I have found, um, to expand on what Paul says, it can be very, very helpful to look in Scripture to find the specific truths of Scripture that deal with whatever it is that you're dealing with. If you're dealing with an issue of healing, look up, look up all the verses on healing. 
and say, okay, my brain wants to think this, but this is what's true. Whether I see it or not, no matter what my circumstance is, this is what's true. It's more true than what I see. It's more true than what I feel. And I have found that holding on to scripture in those times and those difficult, challenging times uh, is really, really helpful. And I know many of you have as well. So that's another key to living in peace, is just put something better in your head. Just put something better in there. Number nine, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let your peace guide your reactions and decisions. Um, everybody pretty much tends towards one group or another. Either you tend to react to things initially out of your emotions, or you tend to react to things initially out of your thoughts, out of your mind. Okay? Most people fall in those two camps. You react either emotionally or you react mentally to something initially. Usually, eventually, you've done both as time goes on. But we all have a tendency to react one way or another. Paul is saying, no, neither of those. That might be what's natural, but there's a better way that's supernatural that we can train ourselves to do. And that's that we respond and react through our peace first. First, we respond with peace. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. This is Colossians 3.15. The peace should be in charge. Your will shouldn't be in charge. Your mind shouldn't be in charge. Your emotions shouldn't be in charge. The peace of Christ should be in charge. And that's another way of saying God should be in charge. Right? We know God should be in charge. We know Jesus has the wheel, or we're supposed to let him have the wheel, but most of us keep taking it back all the time. But if you want God to really be in charge, this is, how you, this is how that happens. This is how you do that. You let your peace rule your heart. To rule means you're in charge, right? You tell other stuff what to do. And so when you let your peace rule in your heart, your peace gets to tell your mind you stop that. Be still, mind. Get off that train. Your peace tells your emotions, relax, take a breath, it's going to be okay. Why? Because God is here. And that's God speaking to you, of course. That's your peace. So you let things encounter your peace first. You let your peace make your decisions. My mom and dad, whom I love, raised me to understand that you never make a decision in anger. It's a pretty good life lesson, right? Never make a decision in anger. And there's a very, very good reason for that. And that's that the prefrontal cortex, the part of your brain that does the thinking, shuts off when your brain gets angry. The back of your brain takes over, and we're mad now, and you literally cannot logically think things through. It's impossible. You get dumb when you get mad, right? And that's why a lot of people are like, oh, I got so angry, and I did something stupid, right? It happens all the time, because that makes it impossible for us to think. And uh, don't make decisions when you're angry. Let your peace get in there and make that decision. I'm not saying it's always evil to be angry. The Bible says, be angry, but don't sin. <laughs> and, and it's hard. If you make a decision based in anger, it's, it's probably not going to be the right one. So let your, the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And finally, uh, number 10, we get back to the Thanksgiving thing again. So Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. So there's the thankful piece again. It, the, it's a really important component. Stay thankful. Thankfulness is the antidote to worry. 
It's the antidote to whining. If you catch yourself doing that, give yourself the antidote real quick. Holy Spirit, help me remember all the things I have to be thankful for. There's a lot of them, by the way. Just think about the one fact that you live in America and not fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. There are a thousand things just in that one fact that you can be thankful for. That's all you can think of. Great, express that. I thank God that I have a working car. I could get here this morning. I thank God that it was 60-something yesterday, and it's going to be 60. That's an easy one. That's an easy one to thank God for, right? All of us Minnesotans say amen. Thankfulness is, is a huge key. Um, I'm going to pause here, actually. Uh, and are, are there any questions? Questions, comments about this stuff? Sarah Johnston. So, so last week, Bella goes, didn't he say the same stuff last week? And so then I explained to her the concept of sermon series, which was great. So it was nice to know they're paying attention. Yeah, and impressive, Bella. Good job. The point being, we need to hear this over and over again to get it like in our brains and yep. through our yeah practice and all that. But It's yeah. true. So in case anybody else was wondering, this is similar things he's talked about in the last three weeks. You're yep. not crazy. You didn't fall asleep and wake up. <laughs> and um, those of you who have been around here for a little while have probably already noticed this, but I actually preach on this once a year. And it depends on when it is, but we have peace series time because I think we need to be reminded of this. Two reasons. One, we need to be reminded of it all the time. Wherever we are, we can get a jump start to get to the next level, right? And so I think we need to be reminded, but also I think this is so important. I think this is one, I think honestly, this and learning how to hear the voice of God, I think are possibly the two most important Christian disciplines. And that's just, that's just my thinking, which is occasionally stinking. But in this case, I think I'm right, because I'm me. Um, it's so important to learn, to walk in peace, to be filled, to stay filled, to say no. I think this is what it means to walk in the spirit. I honestly do. This, or at the very least, this is the gateway. The gateway to learn how to walk in the spirit is to learn how to live in peace. And that that's your normal state. Your normal state is resting in the Lord. Your normal state is peace. If we do this stuff, I guarantee you, you will, your, your spiritual gifts will start to explode. Your supernatural gifts will start to explode. I promise you that. Like, go nuts. God will start speaking to you all the time. Turns out he already was. You weren't listening as much. Yeah, when you're filled with the, with the Spirit of God, he's right. It's easy for you to hear. It's not about him, it's about you. As C.S. Lewis famously said, prayer doesn't change God, it changes me. As we learn to live in peace, it becomes easier to say no to temptation. For real. I know people who have conquered lifelong problems, lifelong problems, by learning the discipline of staying in the spirit, staying in peace, and not letting anything damage that peace. And if you find yourself in a situation that's like, whoa, this is really challenging to my peace, consider whether or not you need to stay in that situation. That's how valuable your peace is. If you're somewhere where everybody around you is being really negative, if you're reading something that's really negative, that makes you feel 
upset that makes you fantasize about arguing to the idiot. Maybe don't do that anymore. <laughs> Maybe set that down. Until you get really good at saying no to stuff, just get yourself out of situations that you don't need to be in. Sometimes you can't because you have to drive the kids to school. And you can't just say, sorry, I'm, I need dad time. I'm going to go. You know, No, obviously, sometimes we have to live our lives. Um, but if it's possible, you can change that situation. If, if traveling and flying makes you stressed, get there four hours early, problem solved, right? Um, if time is stressful for you, get up early, make sure you have everything done, whatever. Um, ask the Holy Spirit, and he will help you with specific ideas for that kind of stuff. Anybody else have a thought, comment? Oh, she's got one right there, Ruth. There's a. Um, I'm thinking of that verse, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. And um, recently I heard a woman teaching on overcoming depression, and she said, when we speak to ourselves, it, like it helps rewire our brains. When we can hear ourselves speak to ourselves. And, um, but about the song part, I wrote a song that really helps me when I realize, Tim's going to laugh, when I realize I'm worrying. Here's a song that I wrote. I've got to remember it. <laughs> Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you're good. Thank you that you're helping me. And then you sing it again, then you sing it again. And you start even like smiling out from your heart. Yeah. So. And something that really works. <laughs> Sometimes we do need to talk ourselves into a new frame of mind. And if we read the Psalms, doesn't David do that constantly? Hey, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Quit it, soul. What are you doing? What are you doing, soul? You're getting all selfish. You're thinking about, thinking about only your own problems. You're looking down. You're supposed to look up. So bless the Lord, soul. And David keeps singing that to his soul until his soul finally, finally does it. Right? Yeah. And that makes it sound like our soul and our brain are totally separate. But sometimes they can be. But we can. that's why our peace needs to rule yeah. in our heart so that our like peace can say, hey, hey, hey. Worship no, no, no. music and worshiping along. I know yes. Chris does that a lot. Um, but... Somehow just being a little kid before my father and just like singing like a little kid sometimes really helps me. Yeah, I agree. Worshiping is, is a, great, a great strategy. Um, anybody else? I think it's um, easiest to practice on the little things, but it's also easiest to miss the little things. And what I mean by that is um, letting the day-to-day -day little things fill your heart with all that anxiety is really easy to do. It's also a really good place to start. Um, it's much easier if you haven't practiced peace to be peace, you know, when that light turns red, when you were really hoping it was still green and going through, you know? Yeah. So it's really good to practice on those simple things, but it's also really good to take note of those simple things because once you're not actively practicing, it's those things that can really get to you. And like you said, we want to be in a state of peace so that when we have the big things, we can then 
exactly. have the state of peace. Because if we practice on the big things, that's really hard to do. Exactly. <laughs> and, and this is actually a really good point, because I've, I've given this talk in different countries, different states, different places. Um, and one of the things people will sometimes say is, well, I mean, I'll be able to handle the big stuff. I'll be able to handle the big stuff. The little things, it's not that big of a deal. But I disagree. If we don't practice on the little things, we're, we're not going to be this. We're not going to be full of peace when the big stuff comes. Our hearts and minds are guarded because our peace is there, right? The priests of Christ can't guard our hearts and our minds if it's not there. And so we have to practice on the little stuff. We have to stay filled as much as possible. Remember the, the, the virgins who were waiting for the bridegroom and they had oil in their lamps or they had let the oil run out, right? Oil, water, they're both metaphors for the Holy Spirit in the Bible. And so we need to keep our lamps full. We need to keep our hearts full of peace. And then when the big stuff comes, we're guarded. And it's awesome to be guarded. When I, when I got that phone call, it really bounced off. It was amazing. And then I was able to minister to other people in that situation. Instead of freaking out myself, I was able to actually use my peace then to bring peace and to help. How awesome is that? And that's where God wants to get us to. He wants to get us to the place where we walk into a room and our peace can move out and change things. Just like Jesus, when he said to the storm, peace be still, storm, the storm had to obey. And he said, my peace I give you. That's the same peace we have. It is way more powerful than you realize. However powerful you think your peace might be right now in your head, times that by 30 Googleplex. Okay? Seriously. Your peace can dissolve conflict for other people even. It's amazing. And so I'm going to keep teaching on this every year because I think it's really important. Um, keep this. I think this will be a nice cheat sheet because we do forget. And these verses in particular are so helpful. There's 30 more I could have put on here. Turns out the Bible talks about peace a lot. But stick that in your Bible or tape it to something that you're going to read. Not something random. Don't tape it to your cat. It's strange. <laughs> um, Just one little thing. I get up before the devil gets up in the morning. He's not up when I get up. And I find that I get a good, good block of time to myself and to the Lord. And, and then he's already lost. So I'm ready, f I'm ready for him when he gets up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good strategy too. Laura. Ruth, do you mind passing that? There are challenges and sometimes seasons or whatever. Um, thank you. I um, have experienced literally a veil um, in which thoughts cannot go past this veil. It's the favor of the Lord. And Pastor Paul, I love that. And it inspires me to get up earlier, especially during this hibernation time of, of um, darkness in the morning or at night or whatever. I know we're in daylight savings. But um, there was for me and still is a supernatural protection of a veil in my mind. And I do 
where it's negative, whatever thought, whatever thought it would be. Um, and I praise God for that. And that is something that perhaps we as we people can remember that. Hey, place a veil over my mind, over my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And boom, it's gone. Yeah. Even if I want to hurt myself, in a sense, with thoughts, yep. it doesn't happen. And I would say it that's, doesn't. That's, what and that's what I'm calling the shields. That's the peace of Christ guarding you. Yeah. But you do have to call it up. It's like the armor of God doesn't do any good in a trunk in the corner collecting dust. you got to put the armor on. And right? Yes. And so your peace is there, and it will guard your heart and your mind, but you got to let your peace rule your heart to do that. And right? sometimes you need others. That's yes. the humble piece yes. where it's like, okay, um, I also need other people to assist me to keep this shield in front of me. That's right. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to close now, and then we're going to just break up into groups to pray for each other for a little bit, for those who have uh, time to stay. Um, and share and pray, probably groups of like three people, give or take. And I'd like you to share at least one thing that you struggle with in regards to what we've talked about over the last three weeks. It could be a specific area that you tend to let into your heart that you shouldn't. You know, money, health, job, whatever it is. If you don't have to share, this is a safe space, okay? We're all gonna respect and love each other. You don't have to share if you don't want to. But it is good to share with one another, as Laura just said. So let bear one another's burdens, uh, it says in Scripture. So share at least one thing, and then the rest of you pray for that person, that they would have strength and peace in regards to that situation. First, I'm going to close us for the sake of those at home. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to smile on you, because he's not a mean old man with a stick. He loves you very much. And be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with his favor and give you his, everybody together, peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for